Hey, if you're not getting found in your town when people turn to search, you might not even exist. We're going to talk with Mike Blumenthal, really the undisputed king of local SEO. This episode of the Duct Tape Marketing Podcast is brought to you by Thrive Leads. This is a tool that we use on the Duct Tape Marketing website uh, thoroughly for content upgrades, for slide-in boxes. Actually, we even use the visual editor for all the pages and landing pages that we design. So go check it out at uh, ducttapemarketing.com. We'll have a special link uh, in the show notes for today and uh, check it out. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Duct Tape Marketing Podcast. This is John Jantz and my guest today is Mike Blumenthal. He is uh, the undisputed king of all things local search. In fact, he started a blog back eons ago called Understanding Google Maps and Local Search. He was one of the founders of a conference called Local U and now is a co-founder of Get5Stars.com, a review service that uh, helps local businesses. So Mike, thanks for joining me. Sure, although I think of myself more as a professor emeritus at this point. <laughs> well, I could have gone on and on, but uh, I, I just high-spotted it. Um, so let's start with Google My Business. Um, what has Google got going there? What, what, what's the intention there? Well, Google dominates the uh, convert, you know, the pre-sale side of the funnel. Always has, and their plan, I think, is to continue that dominance. They've never been good at because of their geeky culture and the technical way it took for businesses to you know, achieve success there, they've never been good at, at communicating that dominance, right? But when I go in and analyze local businesses, I see somewhere in the order between 70 and 90% of their key performance indicators coming out of Google, whether they know it or not. Yeah. And um, I think Google gets that. And I think what you'll see in the next three to four months is Google – leveraging that in a constructive, easy-to-use way. I think the tests we are seeing with these with this post product and the call to action attached to the knowledge panel, my sense in conversations with Google is that will likely roll out in a May time frame. And I think that will you know, put a face on Google Bit My Business so that people understand so that small businesses understand where they can go to add information kind of deal. Yeah, and they've got they've got so much cleanup to do, you know, because what we had uh, places, and then they tried to shove it into Google Plus, and and right. so I think that there's a is it, there's still a tremendous amount of confusion I think out there um, with all things to do with with you know how do I get my local listings? Right. I mean, Google has always had branding issues, right? And look right. at the mishigash they have with SMS and text and chat at the moment, right? I mean, yeah. who knows? Allo, Dulo, Hangouts, this, Hangouts, that. I can't keep it straight, and I study this stuff. But, yeah, they've had huge both branding issues in local as well as technical issues. Certainly the forced march into PLUS starting in 2011 mm -hmm. set them back tremendously, and then the forced separation from where they made local made the decision to go its own route starting in 2014, and now pretty much complete. I mean, now when you create a local business listing, you no longer auto-create a plus page. So I think that separation is going to be pretty complete. Um, you know, if it isn't, it, there's one minor little dangling issue, and local is its own thing, although, like you said, it doesn't really have a strong branding presence yet. And I think that from a technical feature point of view, this Google Posts, 
will become the face of Google Local. Right? When you can post information as a small business directly to the front page of Google for a branded search result, that I think is where they've always needed to be and where they will be in six months. Can we say that there are like the most important local ranking factors today for, you know, for a local business? I mean, it's gotten to me, the real estate has gotten so cluttered on page one that, you know, for that local business that if they're not ranking there, um, they have very little chance of, of survival, I think, <laughs> or, or at least it's going to be really expensive for them to survive. Right. Um, you know what? I did an interesting case study last fall, which I'm just writing up now in, in a small uh, retail business, but third floor office with no store level presence, right? So they only attract new business from advertising and SEO. I mean, that's it. And what they saw was that they got about 58% of their new business came from Google yeah. or it came from you know digital and bulk of it. 90% of that 58% came from Google. Um, but Google, you know, part of the problem I think people have with Google is they look at, you know, how do I rank for this keyword? Mm -hmm. And Google has gotten so much more sophisticated than that. You know, a keyword ranking analysis is like a slice of bread and ranking is like a loaf. And as a person moves through the geography, the ranking changes. And so Google delivers a fair bit of leads to many businesses. So while it may seem cutthroat on the real head terms, I think on the, on the medium and long tail terms, and as people have moved over to mobile, 60% of searches are now mobile. And as they move through the environment, if you're located in a good spot, you're going to get your share of Google leads. Um, and it's very difficult to measure that and prove that pre-sale, but you can prove it post-sale, I think, with good uh, key performance indicators in place that you're measuring, you can prove it. So um, that being said, you asked initially about ranking and can we identify ranking factors. You know, Google, they never throw a ranking factor away, right? And they early on, I don't know, it was 2008, 2009, identified three major attributes to the ranking algorithm. Proximity. Prominence and relevance, and as I've stood, as they, and over time, you can see these attributes in a broad way becoming more important or less important. So, with the advent of mobile, proximity became infinitely more important as they narrowed in the radius of the search around the searcher, or they've improved on the desktop their understanding of where my desktop is located. They've done the same thing, right? So, in a typical mobile search, you might see a search radius in a crowded industry of a quarter of a mile. Yeah. That's it. And so certainly prominence has come, you know, to the fore in the mobile world. But we're also, I personally, you know, just did a bunch of research about relevance and prominence. And, you know, it's clear to me that you, I used to think that the website for business was what was ranking in local. But the website is just one authority signal amongst many. And the other types of authority signals could be, for example, a strong Google Plus presence or a strong Yelp presence or a strong HealthGrade presence. Those are authority signals that transfer to the local entity, much like website strength transfers to a local entity. So, and, um, and so there are, and much like a newspaper article in the New York Times about a business transfers to the local entity. I'm seeing evidence that Google is indexing every word in every newspaper and when they can associate it with an entity, they do. 
and that confers relevance and some amount of authority to that entity. So Google is looking far and wide for ranking signals, and it's gone beyond sort of is it link more important than a review, is it more important than proximity. The algorithm is does this business have the relevance to the search query, and do they have the prominence based on authority at these sites that Google trusts? And so it's difficult to deconstruct that into one or two searching search ranking algorithms, which is my objection to many of these tests that we see. Yeah. Well, you just, uh, um, I believe, gave a huge boost to the idea of local PR then, didn't you? Yes, I did. I mean, if you here's an interesting test. If you go into Google Maps and you pull up a portal and type in the United States, you view the United States, and you type in the words lion killer, mm-hmm. up comes that dentist's business location of the fellow who killed Cecil Lyon in 2015. Now, that has nothing to do with links, right? That has everything to do with the fact that every newspaper in the world wrote about um, this a dentist from River Bluff who, you know, shot the lion. And Google has associated all that, and you can see that. And it's a fascinating test, and you can see it in other areas, too. Uh, some are a little grimmer, like if you go in and you type in, again, in Portal the United States, you type in school shooting, up come a list of 10 or so schools. And when you do the research, you find that those are the schools that suffered from some sort of, you know, um, attack. And, you know, that doesn't come from links. This comes from newspaper articles, right? So l- l- let's go back in. And go- of course, you were trying to get me off of this topic, but I'm going to go back to it. The, uh, right. <laughs> the idea of, let's say uh, um, St. Louis is a community that has a really interesting local ranking uh, issue. The city of St. Louis itself is not actually very big. Um, and it's not actually where all the business is in a lot of ways. Um, it's out in all the suburbs. So if you are a business in St. Louis and you are outside of the city of St. Louis, you still want to rank for St. Louis plumber, St. Louis tree service. So what play, So obviously proximity in some ways comes off the table. Um, so how does, how does a business go about trying to rank for what is essentially a local search, but not really their local? Well, um, obviously there's three opportunities, four opportunities on the front page of Google these days for business. One is the local pack. One is organic results. One is video results, and one is um, uh, AdWords, right? So, I mean, you have to work in the realm of the possible. And if Google isn't going to deliver you a local pack result, no way, no how, then you have to explore one of the other three. And, you know, that's one side of the story. The other side of the story, though, is that – so – in. In the studies I've been doing, I was looking at the issue of relevance. How does Google ascertain a category, for example, right? So you know that you can give Google a category in Google, but sometimes the Google categories don't go deep enough or don't go in long tail enough. But what I've determined is that Google is scraping categories from the other major local sites, right? So if you, for example, let's take the case of dive bars, which I'm intimately familiar with, not from a habit point of view, but from a research point of view, I assure you. Um, If you do... Dive bar is not a category at Google, yeah, right? Yeah. And yet it is a category at Yelp. So if you can do well at Yelp on the category dive bar, 
Google will pick that up and rank you. So one way to do it, if you want to focus on the pack, is to go for longer tail categories that are less dense, right? So there's fewer businesses competing in those categories that Google then serve up a bigger area. And you can, by achieving prominence at another site, can do well in those categories. And what we've seen with category information is category relevance is cumulative at Google. Take, I did an experiment with sports bars. There was a local bar in our town that was getting a knowledge panel, single. You typed in sports bar only, and you'd see just a single bar. Well, that always annoyed me because if every every bar in only is either dive bar or sports bar, right? There should have been, you know, 10 showing. And so I did an experiment for the second ranking bar that was showing in maps, but they weren't showing in search. And I went and I asked three friends to write a review for them, mentioning that they were a good sports bar. And they zoomed into the pack, right, sure. right, just from those three reviews. Sure. And then uh, somebody in town actually bothered to verify their listing as a sports bar. My guy who was listed at Yelp as a sports bar had some reviews at Yelp about a sports bar, then dropped out of the pack right away once that happened. I then went and added the category to the test site through MapMaker, and he once again popped back into the category on top of the guy who had knocked him out of the pack. So it was clear to me that Google adds categories up. In other words, they're cumulative. They're not binary. It's not like this business is or it isn't. Um, that relevance is how Google ultimately you know, determines whether you're in the search cohort. Right. If your name is an exact match, they might give you a one pack. If it's a partial match, they might give you a one pack. But if you have a lot of these relevant categories, a lot of relevant reviews, they may give you a one pack too. Well, or it may, by increasing your relevance, articles, categories at third party sites, reviews, a good business name, you can break into a pack even if you're further outside the physical limits that it may appear that Google is imposing. So increasing your relevance is one way, you know, breaking into the pack. And then, you know, prominence, which is this idea of kind of like page rank, but it's location prominence, it, it gets assigned to the entity in the database, not to your website. Prominence in the database comes from prominence, having a prominent website, i.e. a site that's, you know, linked to and popular, having prominence at a place like Google Plus even, or a place like Yelp, or you know the sites that Google looks at. So once you have the relevance through categories of third parties, categories of Google, reviews of third party, reviews of Google, good content on your website, good articles in the newspaper, then you have to work on prominence. And if you do all that stuff really well, again, like I said, it's kind of geeky for most businesses to be working with, but if you can achieve prominence at these sites plus the relevance, and particularly in longer tail categories that might not be Google categories, you're going to get your fair share, right? So, so I want to go back to one thing you said, and I make sure I want to clarify this because I was going to ask you about reviews, um, mm -hmm. and and I think what you're suggesting is yes, having lots of great five star reviews is great, but you're saying the actual words in the reviews um, are going to actually help dictate relevance. Yes, I am going to say that. So would you, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not going to say it in a way that I think people should go out and try to do that. <laughs> I think it's dumb. It's like trying to build links. I think it's stupid. I think getting a lot of reviews and being a great business and getting reviews in the areas you're great in will get you those words. But I do believe that Google, like they looked at every word about the lion killer, look at every review at trusted sites and associate the content of those reviews 
with your business, and it confers relevance. This episode of the Duct Tape Marketing Podcast is brought to you by Active Campaign. This is really my new go-to CRM, ESP, marketing automation, really low cost. Any size business can get into it, uh, starting at like 19 bucks a month. You can keep track of your clients. You can see who is visiting your website. You can follow up based on behavior. Check out Active Campaign. There'll be a link in the show notes, but it's ducttape.me slash DTM active. All right, let's go back to the three-pack. Um, depending upon what street corner you're standing on, it seems like that three-pack looks different. Correct. <laughs> so uh, are there, if, if you were going to put your sort of crystal ball on, what's that thing going to look like for most of us in six months or a year from now? 16 ads. 16 ads. <laughs> <laughs> that was a joke. No, it's, uh, it's, it's I mean, it's, it's half very, true, right? It's, it's meant sarcastically, yeah. but... Clearly, Google is monetizing local and maps aggressively right now. You know, you see this in their tests in Los Angeles with Locksmiths and elsewhere where they're now selling one of the pack results. They're selling these home service ad positioning to replace pack results. Um, they They are looking to local as a way for revenue enhancement. And, you know, they may talk all day long about taking care of the user, but they have a master, and that master is the stock market. And that master has to be satisfied with profits. And one of the ways they're going to do that is by continuing to increase uh, ad penetration in local. Yeah, one of the interesting things, of course, that they've been doing now for some time, but it's actually hard to get off of the page, off of Google um, now. Yes, that's, um, cool. that's the other, it's what I call the, the Alice in Wonderland effect, you go down the Google rabbit hole, right, where they build out various features. They want to complete the transaction yeah. or the call, right? They, and in fact, well, and we've, they've been successful at that in local. I mean, when I looked at this research I did last fall, I mentioned, I went back and analyzed where... I identified four key performance indicators. A drive request for driving direction that could occur, you know, at Google, at Yelp, um, on the website, at Bing, any place. A click to call, I say, you know, clicks on the computer call, and that could occur at those places too. A fill out the form and a direct message or a Facebook comment that indicated intent. Those were the four key performance indicators. And what we found was that 70% of those took place directly on Google. Mm. 70% of the key performance indicators. So Google has been successful at shortstopping the user at their site and getting them to call somebody, whether it's you or somebody else, that's the problem. How do you look better than the next person, the next business? And that's, reviews have a huge role to play, as do photos and your own website, have a huge role to play in that, what I call conversion optimization, that has to take place at that last second before the user clicks one of those things. Yeah, and I, and I think to a large degree, the knowledge graph is is certainly playing a role. In, exactly. In I mean, the knowledge graph, I think of it as your new homepage. Yeah. In the sense, if that's getting 70% of your key performance indicator conversions, how, you know, it is the single most important page in the world, right? And more, you know, gets, gets more conversions than you get on your homepage. And if that's the case, then you have to start treating it differently. And you have to look at not just the knowledge graph, but when you do a brand search, like Barbara Oliver Jewelry, does your website look good in that? Do the third-party sites look good in that? 
is there a consistent story between the photos that show on the knowledge panel and your and your goal and is there a consistent story across all the sites that show reviews in other words does yelp show a similar quality of reviews to google and to your website um you know one of the things that happened last fall with reviews from the web google gave bumped all of the IYPs that were actively collecting reviews bumped them up in the search results on brand searches. So now when you do a brand search, you might see three or four sites that should have stars on them about your business. This this is you know reinforces my idea that Google gets that this is your new home page. Mm. They're doing everything they can to make it look good. Now you've got to do as a business, you've got to work with that to make it look good and you have to get reviews not just at google not just at yelp not just even at facebook but also at places that google started to elevate since last fall like yp.com and foursquare and some of these vertical sites and your own site right one of the things i've always believed is your own site should be a review site for you that's what get five stars it's one of the key functions to get five stars so does it also make a case then for some of the paid directories, the home advisors, the thumbtacks? I mean, again, obviously in your industry, they seem to be ranking those, um, you know, top 10 remodeling contractors in Kansas City, you know, type of of things. And, and guess what? The top 10 are all, you know, paying. Yeah, I mean, um, I don't know yet. I haven't tested that. Right. Um does Google confer paid authority mm-hmm. from those sites that are looking to, in, you know, to jump into the process and, you know, get between you and the customer? I mean, Google's certainly trying to do it, yeah, and sure. those sites are trying to do it. And obviously, those sites are charging. I don't know if ranking high on those sites confers the same authority as ranking high on a place like Wikipedia or Yelp or HealthGrades, which doesn't base their authority on payment. Right. Um, my guess is that Google, I, you know, I don't know. I don't think that those sites are conferring that authority. I think, and the reason is, I think that their site architecture is such that they want the, the they want to do SEO so that the user lands on their category page, not on a given business page, yeah, right? right? Unlike Yelp. Yelp doesn't care if you land on the business page or the category page. In fact, they use the category pages to throw prominence to the successful businesses, right? And so Yelp, in, in the case of Yelp, your business page, your Yelp business page will rank. And that when that happens on a phrase, that's an incredibly powerful impact on rank at Google. In fact, it can drive local results at Google. I've seen search results at Google that weren't returning pack results. And by getting reviews at Yelp and getting Yelp pages to become prominent in those results, started returning pack results at Google because of that. So we mentioned uh, the term knowledge graph, but I, I wonder if we could end up today, um, take 30 seconds or so and explain knowledge graph. No, um, take as long as you want. But I wonder if you could, sure. for, for that small business owner who's heard the term now, I mean, well, first off, what does it mean and what does it mean to them and how do they figure out how to take advantage of it? Right. So let's get some terminology down. One is the Google local database. Two is the knowledge graph. Three is the knowledge panel, right? So the knowledge panel is what displays on a brand search. So if you type in Barbara Oliver Jewelry, you will see on the right-hand side of Google a panel where Google has assembled information from around the web and from their local database uh, that comprises the content in the knowledge panel. Some of that information comes from Google My Business. Some comes from third parties. 
some comes from around the web. Some of it's dynamic and some of it's static. So that knowledge panel on the right, which is sometimes called the local one box, used to be called that. It's now called the knowledge panel. Um, That data is assembled from Google's local database, which is part of their knowledge graph, right? So the knowledge graph is Google's huge database of things, people, places, and things, businesses, and artists, and music, and venues, and the relationships between them. Um, So Google is building out the world's biggest database of things and of attributes of those things and ranking all of those based on these prominent signals we talked about and understanding the relationship between entity A and entity B. That's the knowledge graph, the links between the people, places, and things. The local database is just the places database within that. It's sort of an arbitrary name that we give to the local information that Google has. And the knowledge panel is the visual representation of that knowledge. And the goal is to have a good-looking knowledge panel on the right and a good-looking organic results on the left. In fact, I'm, I'm just now writing up a page, an article on how to think about Google as your new homepage, right? And there's basically you know, multiple segments of the page, but there's the part that's your website, there's the part that's the knowledge panel, there's the part that's a third party. And you need to be working all three of those angles to make sure that page looks great. Yeah, and, and I would say throw AdWords in there <laughs> probably too. Yeah, probably. I mean, again, on a branded search, you yeah. want to obviously defend your brand. Yeah, yeah. And you don't want the, the uh, competitor down the street getting an ad on your brand. But for sure, um, that's a concern that you don't want yeah. to look great and then have your competitor having an ad there. Of course, you also don't want to um, have people just using that as a way to find your phone number and clicking on your ad either, right? Because that happens as well. Um, So, Mike, tell people where what's the best place for them to to uh, to find more of this amazing information. Obviously, we have scratched the surface today. (laughs) So I just recently did a a share of my presentation at Moz Local at my blog, which is Blumenthal's.com forward slash blog, which is the understanding Google Maps, Google Local and Google Search. Um, I don't know what the name is this week, but um, I also write at localu.org. I do a weekly, sh- two weekly shows there, Monday and Wednesday. Monday is a week in review where I look at the important developments with Mary Bowling of last week's um, thing, last week's developments. And then on Wednesday, we do what's called a deep dive. And just as a note, we'd love to invite you to come join us one week and talk in our deep dive about something near and dear to your heart. So um, and the, so at localu.org, I do that. And then at Get Five Stars, I write about reviews. Um, so in my blog, I write about you know, Google ranking, Google, Google stuff, local search in general. Um, and then at Get Five Stars, I write about reviews, the importance of reviews, reputation, and that sort of stuff. And then at LocalU, I um, talk about local search more from sort of a systemic point of view. Sure. So, awesome. Three spots. Well, thanks uh, so much for uh, taking the time to uh, share with us today. This, uh, you know, it's pretty crazy that you can have a a, a biweekly show about the changes in <laughs> in, in this uh, stuff. Imagine how the business owner who wakes up about once every six months and takes a hard look at this stuff feels. So, well, you know, to, to that business owner, I'd say, you know, leave it to the geeks like me and spend time one making a great business that exceed that continually exceeds your customers' expectations. And two, 
make sure that everybody, including the press and your customers, know about it via good PR and reviews. If you do those three things, you know, you don't have to worry because that's where Google is trying to emulate the real world. And if you're taking great care of your customers and they're hanging around and spending money with you, Google's going to know that. And if they're sharing that via reviews, they're going to know that. And if you're in the news, they're going to know that. So if you just do your business right, build a decent website and do those three things, I think you're going to succeed at this game long haul. And it's not about building links or yeah. Yeah. Stuffing reviews this, or this changing week, your business name. Game, that's right. Thanks so much, Thanks Mike. So much. Uh, hopefully, we'll uh, run into you out there on the road soon. Sounds good. Thanks.